0: If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at give. Thank you for listening. Dr. Joel Dominguez who will be bringing the word. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, It's an honor It truly is to be here with everyone today, not just because you're here, but because our creator is here. He has graciously taken time out of the universe to also, in his omnipresent way, be here because there's a blessing here for all of you, just because you also stopped your world. He stops his for us. And in that same atmosphere, I want to just say that uh, open up your hearts, open up your minds to receive what it is that God can give you today, because he can answer your prayer in a way that no one else here on earth can. He can bless you in a way that you can't even imagine, and he can flip your world upside down in the least way that you would expect it. All you have to do is want it. It's something that I can't give you, that even Pastor Daniel can give you. He does above and exceedingly well what we can even ask him for. And imagine his blessings are beyond measure. We're thankful because... Uh, God has blessed us and he has brought us here to, uh, uh, like Pastor Daniel was saying, uh, to conclude this series about home, about your family. When I say family, uh, I want you to start thinking about what image comes to your mind when they say family. Is it the family who raised you? Is it the family that you're living with right now? Or the family that you would like to probably live with because you're getting tired of the one you're living with right now? (laughs) You laugh. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, which is Mostly everyone here. My name is uh, Dr. Joel Dominguez. I'm a family psychologist. Uh, we are members of uh, Fountain of Truth Church in California, and we're here uh, uh, because God wants us here, and that's it. <laughs> you don't ask why, because God opens up the doors and you walk through, and if you don't, well, someone else will. With that being said and done, um, you can take your seats giving honor and glory to God. And I'd like to present this uh, a teaching, this, this, this word that God has placed in my heart called Family Ties. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the parents, two parents, uh, um, and not just you as a parent, but maybe your parents if they're still alive on this earth. We as human beings are a species that's pretty strange. You know, we like to think that we are uh, bigger and better than anything else that exists on this earth, but we are so needy. You know, if you picture a baby, there's, no, there's usually a baby when I give this example, and there's none here. What's going on there? Uh, um, if you think of a baby that's just born, or your family member, if you leave that child out one day, it will die. That child was us at one point. We are helpless when we're born. Right now, we don't see it that way because maybe we have a job, we have a career, we we have a home. But when we were babies, infants, without the care and nurturing of family or whoever it was that raised you, we are helpless. And when I talk about parenting, you know, we've heard, we've probably heard, I'd like to assume that we've heard, different varieties of what it is that we need to give, but we also need to receive. If you think about the type of parents that you may have had if you grew up with one parent, both parents, or someone else, whoever it was that raised you, that's the person who planted that first parenting ideology in you that's the person who gave you the first outlook on what you can be one day as a parent and they gave you the take it from me i know best so when you grow up then you can do it to your child and then you grew up and here you are and you left sent all your little rascals to the little room and they're learning as well how to honor us as parents how to how to how to keep us in their mind and in their understanding because one day it's going to be their turn and that's the cycle that we live in But right now, it's all about you as parents. I want to read to you a verse found in 1 Timothy, um, and it says in the following way. It says chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner that's worthy of full respect, not just normal respect, the respect that you see on TV, full respect. That is a lot of requests in those short little words. To get full respect, we've heard, well, to give respect, you've got to earn it, right? You've got you to gotta show them that you're a parent that's mature. You've got to show them that you're easy to understand. You've got to show them that you mean business, that your yes is yes, and that your no is no. And that requires a lot of us. It's easy to dish it out and put out a rule towards your child, but then you have to be accountable yourself. Let me ask you, that, uh, this is going to be more of an interactive lesson. I'm going to put this down a little bit because I'm hearing me. Um, Are you accountable to your children? If you have infants, okay, that don't count. But once they turn into five-year-old little wonderful beings, you know, they are sponges. They are recorders. And they are CIA agents. They will listen to every conversation when you least expect it, and they will regurgitate it word by word in the same tone. While well, you said, mommy, and they will mimic you. And you were going like this to daddy, and you looked at it like this, and you gave the look. Remember the look, mommy? They repeat everything, and they frustrate us because it's true. And it says in the second verse, verse 5, If anyone does not know how to manage his own family well, how can he take care of God's church? You know, there's a requirement, a, a demand that God has of us to not only be ye doers of God's will. But we have to be able to do it at our home as well. You know, it's easy or some may think that we can go up to people and tell them about God and salvation and how the family is important. But if our family is falling apart, you know, if there's disaster, if there's misery, if there's frustration, discouragement, disconnect, whatever it is that may exist... How is it that you can tell someone the opposite? It's kind of semi-sort of hypocrisy. We all do it. And I include myself because we're human. None of us are perfect. And my, my, my reasoning to say that is also not to discourage you, but so you can be realistic of what it is that you're working with. You know, God gave you everything you have as a family, and so you can use it well. Some of us can do it better than others, and some of us take longer, and some of us are faster, as long as you do it. You know, your children are not uh, uh, to be made examples of. They are to be made uh, uh, disciples of. You know, one day they will grow up, and what is it that you're going to leave them? You know, if if you don't give them anything, that's what they're going to work with. And I say that because some of us weren't given anything. I don't know your life. Thank God, right? Right? (laughs) Or else I'd be like, remember, remember? No, you know know what you got. And this is something that I want you to really uh, analyze with because it doesn't mean that it wasn't enough. God never, ever, ever, ever will ever put you in a situation that you can't handle. So whether it was you growing up with a nuclear, normal family that we used to read about, the mom and dad, uh, the, the house, the picket fence, and the dog and the cat and the lizard... Or whether it was just you and your mom, you and your grandma, you and your uncle. And you maybe were shipped out of town because your, your parents were having problems. Regardless of what it was, that is what God said. This is what he needs or she needs. And they can still make the best of it. Let me read to you another verse. Is it on in Ephesians. Children, it says uh, Ephesians 6, 1-4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, this is God just saying, this is right. Listen to them. And this is kind of where we flip the tables backwards and ask ourselves, if our parents are still alive, do we honor them? Don't think that I'm going to put your children on blast towards you guys. No, this is for us towards our parents or our family members. Don't think, well, well brother, well, my, my parents are dead, so what? You know, do you still honor them? You know? Some of us as adults hold on to grudges, hold on to things that happened in 1986. And you do not let go of that because it's so much easier to stay upset. I know it doesn't happen here in Frisco, but in California, boy, are they like that. They're so dramatic. And they will hold on to something that happened in third grade. And, you know, they're already in college and they just cannot let go because, again, our our emotions can get the best of us. And then it says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may go well for who? For me. It's not just because God asks. It's just because if I want it to go well for me, I need to show that ability to honor my parents. Ask yourself, do I honor? Do I show my family honor? Again, if your parents are not alive, okay, who's the next one in line? Do I show them honor? My uncle, my cousin, my grandma, if she's still here. My grandpa, if she's still here. Do I at least call her? You know, we live in the most, I don't have my phone, we live in the most advanced uh, existence in human uh, reality here. Our phones, our watches, our iPads, our toilets have Wi-Fi now. Everything is electronic for us to not have an excuse to connect with the people we love. Do we do it? When was the last time you made a phone call? People don't call them more; they text, that's why they crash all the time. You know, that's what the whole Bluetooth thing. Now it's not none of us even have the Bluetooth. Our car has it for us. And there's so much advances and discoveries and technology for us to be able to connect with others and honor them with a phone call. Do we, if it's not their birthday? Do we if it's not Christmas? Do we if it's not the, if their anniversary? Do we call them? Do we say, hey, I was praying for you at church today. We've been studying this last month about the family and the home. I've been keeping you in my prayers. Or have you just kept it to yourself and maybe you thought about them? It feels good for me at least when someone calls me and says, I've been praying for you. Praise God, that's great. I don't deserve it, but hey, keep doing it. If you guys never have anything to pray for, FYI, pray for me. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'll, I'll be greedy. I'll take it. I will welcome prayers. I love it. On a good or bad day, I will need prayers. Why? Because... I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, so keep, uh, keeping going here, it says, So let it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. Verse 4 says, Fathers, uh, I love this part. Do not exasperate your children. What is exasperate? Just, just don't tick them off. <laughs> don't make them mad. You know, Don't poke at them because some of our kids, they don't know how to manage emotions when they're little and they get into adolescence. They're not kids anymore, so they can't throw the tantrum thing anymore. But they're not adults, so they don't have that identity working for them. So they're like in the middle, stuck in a little tornado of emotions. And you get that every day. And it's worse in the summer because they're bored out of their mind. What are we going to do? You take them to Six Flags. What are we going to do now? You take them to Disneyland. What are we going to do now? You came to to the other Disneyland. But what about now? They never get filled. Show them about God. I challenge you to step out to your own comfort zone and say, Okay, this day we're going to do this. This day we're going to do this. But this is family day. We're having a prayer on Thursdays. But Friday, it's all about us, baby. What are we going to do? We're going to (gasps) pray. What? Yeah. (laughs) Are you dying, Dad? No, not because you're dying. No one's dying, but we're going to prepare ourselves because I'm not always going to be here, honey. I'm not always going to be here, sweetie, but I have to also instruct you as your father. I have to instruct you as your mother because it is my demand for you. Someone has to teach you, and it's going to come from us. We can't, Ecclesiastes will get to that right now, but we can't just spend our time just doing what's fun. That's great. It is. And again, family vacations are coming up in the summer and it's time to travel. That's all good and gravy. But when you come back to reality, what is your plan? We're halfway through 2017. What have you really done for your family? You, you lost half the year. We're literally halfway. We're halfway through June. Have you effectively... Connected with your family to the point where you can say, I have devoted part of the 168 hours that I get a week towards my children. I have devoted time for my marriage. I have devoted time for myself. I have called loved ones. I have sent them letters. Nobody sends letters anymore. Why should I even say that? I have sent them a text. That's an electronic letter. And I have showed them. I need you, I miss you, even if you're two states away, and I still love you. I still remember all those things that you taught me, and I'm so thankful. But because of you, I'm so happy to be a mom. And I want to be a mom just like you're a mom to me. Was it perfect? No way. But that's what's perfect enough for me, because you're my mom, or you're my dad. We all have to value what was given to us, because it's what God said it was going to be. He never makes a mistake. And the moment we get to the point where we can accept that and stop complaining, we get to a new level of understanding and we become mature adults. This is what I'm going to work with. No, but I want what they have. Why? You can't handle it. No, but I want this. You don't need it. Can I please have that for what? You know, we are, uh, uh, I know not here, uh, uh, the people in Dallas, they they always want more. They always need more in the who's who and the what's what and what's going to come out in the latest fad for what? Do you become any better when you have the iPhone forty? It's gonna be about this big, you know. What, what what what's the purpose of having everything, you know? It, it, just to say, does it really reduce your anxiety, your frustration? Does it make you a better person? Does it? Most of the time, it does. It's a temporary good feeling. A day later, the bill comes. Are you really happy after that? Next slide, bro. Humans are the only species that depend on their relationships or their connection to their relationships to, the, to survive. Yeah, okay, I'm on the right one. Think about who, the, who, who it is that you love. Who is the people that you care about? Who are those connections? Picture of a family tree. You know Who's on those branches? Who are the people that are really close to home? who are on those thick branches, the ones that really have the connection? And who are on those thin branches that you don't even believe they're your family, but they're there. you know You're stuck with them. Who are those people? You know, for me, I'll, I'll put myself on, on transparency here. I have my mom, one branch. My father passed away three years ago. I have my brother, two sisters, and that's my extended family, outside of my wife and my daughter. I have uncles that do not talk to us because once my dad passed away, they kind of just... That's just reality. Our family is not perfect. On my, on my mom's side, they were never really close to us. They, they will look for my mom for, on Christmas, and they'll say hi to me through my mom on Christmas. But I never see them. So if I see them at the store, hey, you're, you're my uncle, right? You know, that, that's, that's my branch. That's my tree. It's not the best-looking one. I wish I could lie to you. Tomorrow, when I'm not in church, I'll say, yeah, my family is better than yours. But right now, it's not. But it doesn't mean that I'm in a bad situation. That is what God said, Joel, this is what I'm going to give you. Work with it. Make it flourish. Plant it, cultivate it, and be on your way. Because one day you're going to meet someone with a worse situation. Encourage them. Teach them to harvest themselves and to grow in themselves because they're going to need to be a good father whether they never had one they're going to need to be a good mother even if they never had a mom they're going to need to be good grandparents even if they never met theirs you know and you plant that seed that you wish you would have have implanted by faith because i will do the rest this family will be great and as parents they will super- supersede whatever they think they can do because now you will be in your life you will be a new branch That they never thought they were going to get. You will be a new family. Because the family of Christ is beyond any tree we can even draw. It's amazing how we come together from all walks of life. And we become a family here and there. And now we begin to bloom into something that is impenetrable. That no one can break. Because we are solid. We are consistent. And we are connected through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? I mean, it excites me to think that I have people that pray for me when I don't even think that they're praying for me. I have people that are looking for me when I feel alone, when I feel disconnected. And they call me when I least expect it. But boy, did I need it. And they say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about you. Thank God because I feel alone. Thank God because I feel disconnected. And I need to hear your encouragement. I just need to receive. I'm human. Aren't you? If you cut me, trust me. Let me ask you a question. Next slide, bro. Sorry, let me comb my hair. In what condition is your family in today? Think of your home environment. Who'd you leave at home? Maybe not all your kids came. Maybe you talked. you invited someone, and you wanted them to come because you're finishing out the family or the home series today. Who is it that uh, influences you in your life? What does your family look like? Maybe it's your immediate family with your wife and your husband and your children. Is there chaos? Is there a disconnect? Is there anger? Is there frustration? Is there arguments? What does the tension look like? Whether you admit it or not, we all have an environment in our home. You left it. What's waiting for you when you get back? Just take 10 seconds to think about that. Nine, eight, seven, six, five. Thinking about the timer, not your home, right? Four, three, two, disaster connection, love, humility. Huh, we're not perfect. What is it that exists? If I would go to your home and follow you like a stalker, what would I find? An actual family that prays together? You know, we have one daughter. <clears throat> she's 11, and she's super nosy like a normal 11-year-old. And she's so humble. She's so giving. She's so loving. But she's growing up. I know everything about her because I'm super nosy just like her. I know what her favorite color is. She wants to be an archaeologist because she likes Jurassic Park. You know. And she, and she wants to do all these great things but there's a level of innocence that you can see in her in youth if you still talk to her. It's still there. There's still some innocent kids out there. Who knew, right? And that's great I, and, I, and I like to say that. My challenge is to still know her when she's 21. When she's 31, and if God permits, when she's 41. My challenge is to have the same connection with my beloved daughter when she's 51, if I'm still alive. When she's 61. I need to always have that connection with my daughter. Why? Because I'm the first man in her life. I need to set the bar really high. I told her, don't get married, I'll buy you a pony. But, but then since there are no ponies in California, i got to move out here and find her a pony now, Right? Yeah. <laughs> But think about what connection you have. Remember back in the day, maybe this was uh, 10 years back, 11 years back, when America Online came out? You know, and you had to go steal the CD from the store so you can get one month of free service? And you connected it to the line back when we, we do not even have phones. Look at how much advanced technology is. We don't, do you have a house phone? Maybe? Besides my mom, are you the only one that has one? We have cell phones. I remember when my wife and I said, why do we even need it? Nobody calls. Nobody even knows our house phone. They call us. But back in the day, before you guys were born, there was a home phone. And we would connect it, and we would go and say connect. And it would go, dee, 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 dee. And you were there. Thanks. And if you had a slow connection like us, it took a while. dee, 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 dee. dee, dee. Like, oh, my God. And but you were so excited to connect and you waited for those three words. What were they? You got mail. That told you you're connected. God forbid anybody call and you didn't have that filter because you had to start all over. You know? But you went through all that for one purpose. So you can have internet. That same analogy can be used when you connect with family members. We have more patience with some of them than we do with others. We are more willing to go out of our way maybe for our brother than we are for our sister. Maybe more for our dad than for our mom. We have those connections and they're on different levels. We will suffer more for the baby than the older one who should know better. That's how we are as human beings. We are connected more with older siblings. Maybe we're the middle child. That's me. Nice to meet you. And we're the ones that were always getting in trouble. Always getting suspended. You got in trouble too. Don't look at me like that. And you went through different things. And you grew up and now's your shot to say, I want to get everything that ever happened in my life and make it perfect for my baby girl. I don't want her to ever get in trouble. I don't want her to suffer. I don't want her to feel bad. I don't want her to go through the, the, the bad things that I went through. But I have to be realistic and say, that's not reality. She's going to have her trials. That's the condition that my family's in today. What about yours? What is it that you yearn for when the pastor said they're going to be speaking about the home? You have family members you wish you would have here. Why? Because I had family members I wish I had in church. I had families that are drug addicts, lesbians, homosexuals, that did suicide. And there's so much incest that happened before I was born. And I said, Are you kidding me, God? That's my family? There's people in jail. It is as messed up as it can be. But in that darkness, God decided to shine light on a certain family and say, in all this, I'm also going to make a good example. And this is going to be a minister, and he's going to have a senate one day he's going to be a psychologist, and he's going to go up to tell people to say, no, he's not perfect, but yet he lives in the light because he follows God as well. And he can be guided by God and have a foundation that's powerful because he allows God to order his steps. Not his education, not his understanding, and not his wonderful good looks. You guys didn't catch that. Let's do a quick activity. You can do it as I speak. If you have a phone, feel free to take it out and text someone that you miss and that you love and you hold dear. And send them this text. Just send them, hey, I'm thinking about you. We're talking about the family at our church today, and I'm praying for you. That's it. I'm curious to see the response you can tell me after the service. You don't got to tell me something right now. You will scare some of your family members. They're going to say, are you okay? Are you dying? Did you get arrested? I'm not going to bail you out of jail. What do you want? I'm not going to let you borrow money. What's going on? Is everything okay? Just tell them simple. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. We're talking about the family. That's it. You're giving them the clear descriptive. We're talking about our family and church. You came up. If you want to cheat, you can send it to two people. That's okay. But don't make it a group. No, 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 no. Just send them. It's that easy. If you don't have your phone with you, give them a call when you get home. Stop by. Take them. <gasps> There's a Krispy Kreme here. God has blessed. I like Frisco already just for the Krispy Kreme. Get up a box of those wonderful, delightful goodies and give it to them. And then leave. Go on your way. And if, you don't, if they're not home, give them to me. You know? and, and then let them know, hey, I'm thinking about you. Who does not enjoy a gift, even if it's a simple $5 Starbucks card? It's simple how we can reach out to connect and be good parents. If you don't have children, it's okay. Adopt one. (laughs) There's so many people that need that spiritual father, that need that spiritual mother. It can be you. If your parents are deceased, look for someone who can mentor you. Look for someone and just say, hey... You know what? We're going through different struggles and I just need someone to be praying for me. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to come to my house. You don't have to go to my daughter's football games, basketball games, baseball games. Just pray for me and that's it. That's it. Can you pray for me five minutes? Can you take 600 seconds of your life and just say bless the Martinez family. Bless the Dominguez family. Bless the Hasso family. Lord, bless their finances. Bless their children. Let them be good parents in their home. Let them take this, this teaching that they've had this month and practice it. Let them abide by it and live by it. So they can be great parents so the city of Frisco can explode with healthy families. That this can be the starting point of an explosion that is Christian-based and that is powered by God. And we know that if God feels something, it will never run out of steam. Because He doesn't make up. He doesn't mess up. He doesn't make errors. And you can be on the side of that. Being used by God. How wonderful would it be now to take it up the next level if that person said, Hey, when's your next service? Try it and test God. Invite them. Wear them down. You did it like, do it like when you were a kid and you were so annoying and you wanted to go to the liquor store to get that soda pop and you asked until you were blue in the face because you knew that if you asked a hundred times, your dad was going to say no, but at the hundred and first time, he was going to say, okay, (laughs) ask your family. Hey, we're having church on Sunday. We'd love to see you there. Let me know if you need a ride. We're going to have Krispy Kreme. Even if they don't, now you have to buy Krispy Kreme after, but it's Okay. They made it. Who'd know a box of donuts can save someone's life one day? You know? That saves my life. <laughs> Give me the next slide, bro. i was telling you about Ecclesiastes. Oh, that's not it. Next one. There you go. We all have 168 hours of the week. Each one of us. Starting, well, it started today at midnight. Because the week starts on Sunday. And this is just the basics of the categories that we can have in our life. You can add to it, or you can take away from it. This is just kind of more or less what I think most people have in their life. The percentage, I left that alone because some of us give more time to other things. You can fill that in or tweak it if you want. But I put work in there because some of you are already thinking about work tomorrow. You may work tonight. You know, I work in a jail, so our week sometimes starts on Sunday night. We don't close. We're open 24-7. So work may be on your mind. Or maybe you're in school. Or you're thinking, well, your kids aren't thinking about school because they're loving. Are they in summer? Yeah. My daughter got out the week before Memorial Day, and she's been bored ever since. And we give her the most funnest things. And then after, she like, but what about tomorrow? I say, let's today finish, Jaden. So school may be on your mind, though. Maybe you went back to school to complete your education. Church? I hope you're thinking about church because you're in church. <laughs> Family? Did you, text? Did you text that person that came to your mind? Good. Marriage? Marriage is something that you guys probably talked about in the last few weeks. We just had a family conference in this weekend. And there's a lot of things that uh, attribute to what a healthy or not healthy marriage can, can be. But the most important part that you should always remember is that you're part of that marriage if you're married. And that you give what you're going to also sow. You reap what you sow. And if you never harvest anything, you never harvest communication, don't complain if you don't talk to your spouse. Does that make sense? I mean, if, if don't expect them to do what you want to see happen. Be the change. See that change. Kids, thank God they're over there, right? Who, who's taking it? Let's pray for that teacher because they got to tolerate them for, you know, 40 minutes or 60 minutes. Our grandkids, if you've been blessed, we, haven't, we don't have grandkids yet. I'm going to be an awesome grandpa. I already have the haircut, and I'm cool. So I'm looking forward to one day being there. But if you have kids already, you know, this is something that uh, for some reason... Uh, When grandkids come And I've seen it myself with our daughter The love and the connection Kind of skips a generation My dad was really cold He was a great man He was a great minister of God But he wasn't that loving dad That come here You know I wish he would have done that to me Come here noogie 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 He never did that And he wasn't like Always like the happy guy He was kind of serious But he was a nice man He would never think twice About going to give to someone Or tell someone about God He was a great minister And he always won souls So he was kind of cold office with me but when my daughter came, he smiled for once. He was like happy for, like, wait, time out. What happened here? And he would come and he would speak English to her. He never spoke English to me. And you're, you're bilingual for her? Wait a minute, what happened? And he went out of it. You're laughing because maybe your parents do that to you, your kids, and they never did that to you. And it hurts, right? Welcome to the club. The water's warm. And my mom was like, look at her and she would get so happy, like, wait a minute, you guys never took me to thrifties ice cream. Why does she get to go? And I'm a grown man. I was hating on my daughter. But I'm thinking, my grand my my parents turned into grandparents and they turned into this different mentality. Where I asked them once, why is it that you do this with Jaden and not with me? And she said, Well, cause you know, She's our daughter. She's our granddaughter. And if something messes up, we just give her back to you, and you fix her. I'm like, oh, okay, that doesn't make sense, but I'm glad you took her to the get ice cream. Maybe it's your friends. You know, these are things that take up our time. Some of you really go out of your way to connect with your family, whether they live close or far. Prayer. Do you have a prayer time? Pastor Daniel was saying, you know, on Thursdays they're starting to pray, and they have a men's group that are praying. Do you have a time that you just. Intercede for yourself. Intercede for your family. Intercede for the needs. There are people that devote themselves to pray. In 2017, my brother, my sister, friends that visit us, there's still power in prayer. I believe it because I've seen it. I've seen people get healed. I've seen marriages come together. I've seen families come together. I've seen communication start over. I've seen ministries flourish. I've seen that. And it's not because it's me praying. It's because there's an almighty God who still lives and still hears our prayers. So it's worth it for us to give up a prayer. Because you never know when God's going to say, let me answer your prayer right now. Going back to the kid thing, I'll give you a quick testimony. When we got married, speaking of the family, I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's more for our marriage, but. I'll just take, like, two minutes. We, we wanted to start having kids and have the family family. We were told we can't have kids. You know, long story short, to give us that one excuse that doctors give. And, you know, it devastated us. We got sad. But one of the first things we did was begin to pray about it. Why? Because first we were destroyed. We were emotional and we wanted kids. But, hey, if it wasn't going to happen, we're going to go through maybe an adoption, fertility treatments, and all this stuff. Long story short, we had a bunch of people praying for us. And we were, you know, embarrassed. We would tell people, and, you know, as Mexicans, that's all they want you to do is have kids and just pop them out. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, and family doesn't have anything else to do but to ask you, only one? Only four, mijo? That's it? Only 12? Well, what about 15 to make it even? And they tell you all these things because they're not the ones taking care of them. So there we were. Everybody else was having a bunch of little gremlins, and we weren't having anything. And then we went to our pastor and we said, this is our situation. We're really sad. Can you at least pray for us because it's, it's difficult for us. We weren't praying because we wanted a kid. We just praying because it was hard and we wanted to move on. And then we were going to go to fertility treatment and the doctor told us, you know, this is very serious, right? This is expensive and you need to be mature about this. And well, yeah, that's why we're here. He says, why are you coming to us if you're two months pregnant? And I looked at my wife and said, Well, who's the dad? Don't judge that. (laughs) And we started crying, we were emotional, and we went back. And all the people that were praying for us were like victorious because even if it was our child, it was their victory through their prayer because we're one family. God is still good, yes. And he gave us a beautiful little girl who's more beautiful than all your little girls. I'm sorry. Why? Because she was a special little girl who came in a special package. And we always have this ongoing uh, comment in between us as, as, as adults, as parents. If God never blesses me ever, if he takes away my job, he took away my hair, oh well. Wow. If he takes away everything else from me and I have nothing left, I can never complain. Because I have a living, breathing, walking, talking, boy does she talk and never stop. Reminder that tells me when the doctors say yes, God says no. When the doctors say no, God says, yes, you are going to be parents. And she's our reminder. We named her Jaden because it's a Hebrew word that means Jehovah has heard. And he heard our prayers. But not just me and my wife. We had a whole group of you guys in California praying. Why? Because there's power in prayer. And just like our petition exists, you guys may have one. You may have someone that wants kids. You may have one who's sick and, in a, and on their deathbed. You may have someone in jail. It's the same God who does the same miracles, who can answer your prayer when you least expect it. Do we deserve it? No way. But he does it anyway because just like we do it with our kids and we give our kids and we spoil them with things they don't need, but because they want it, like who has not bought their kid a fidget spinner yet? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give them one after. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got other kids. He it. okay that but it's just the latest thing and we go out of our way for our kids. Why? Because we love that little crooked smile they have. We love that little look they give. God loves that smile in our hearts as well when we are blessed, but when we thank Him back as well. We can't just take it and say, mind, my, mind, mind. We have to say, God, thank you for hearing my prayer. God, thank you for my beloved little girl. God, thank you for my marriage. God, thank you for my pastor. God, thank you for my family because I love them. Are they perfect? No way, but they're perfect for me. Thank you God. And the last, but not least is well, the hobby. I don't know if you guys have hobbies. There's Hobby Lobby here, but I don't know if there's hobbies. You know, what is it that you do for fun? The purpose of why I put the verse up there, and the verse is not written, but if you want to look it up in Ecclesiastes 3, one, it says, uh, uh, there's a time for everything under the heavens and the earth. A time for fun, a time for work, a time for prayer, a, a, a time for worship, a time for sleep and rest, a time for your family. If you haven't planned one, plan a vacation. Plan a staycation. Do something. You know, don't always blame money. There's a lot of things that you can do, when, and it can be low budget. You know, poorpeople.com, they go have fun too. You know, do something that shows your kids, no matter what my mom was fun, no matter what my dad was fun, and we went out and we did something as a family unit. They will remember those weird trips to the beach, or there's a beach around here, right? You told me, the lake. Don't get mad, sister. I'm just asking. <laughs> oh, wow. I had never even heard you talk before. Now I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know this one. I saw pastor pictures. Next slide, bro. Family relationships are the glue that maintain our family connected. The purpose of this, uh, of this sermon, of this word, is for you to leave this place and ask yourself, what type of glue that I hold uh, in my family? Was, I was the comic relief in my family, as you can tell. I'd rather laugh at something than cry about it. I'm going to have an emotion. I might as well be in control about it because I don't like to cry. I've cried. Have I suffered? Yes, I've been through a lot of stuff. But if I can laugh about it, I will laugh and poke fun. And then when I leave, I'll poke fun at you guys because that's fun. You know? But if we can have something that we can laugh about, if we can stay connected, what is it that you do with your family? We all play a role. Think of your siblings. If you weren't an only child, okay, that's different. But if you have siblings... You knew what role you played. You were probably the boss, the older one, the one that put them all on check. You were the younger one who got away with murder. Or were you in the middle, sometimes good, sometimes bad? You know, the unpredictable little tornado. That was me. That's great. <laughs> Next verse, bro. Dude, my time's going quick. Man, what happened there? Proverbs 22, six. This is beyond my favorite verse, not just as a Christian, but as a psychologist. Because I do believe that this is where we start. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Instruct the child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You're teaching your children something today. If you have kids, even if they're little baby ones, or grown men, they're 16, but they're like this big already. You know? You're teaching them something. And even if they're, they're, they're adults now, or they want to be adults, and they have the deep voice, and they have the beard, and they're 11, and, you know, they're, they're excited because they're growing up and their development, they're maturing, they're going through puberty. They still need to be taught. They still need to learn lessons from you. They still need to, uh, boys, as big as they are like me, I still uh, enjoyed a hug from my 100-pound mom. I loved when she would go up to me and give me a kid. It felt so good. You guys feel it too. You know you do. You just want to admit it in court, but it's okay. It's okay to feel that. Or maybe it was from your dad. Get this. My dad was a cold man, but when he hugged me, I fell apart. I loved it. I loved it. because It didn't happen so often, so I cherished it when it happened. You know, and he was a busy man, and he showed me love in his own way, shape, or form, but he had it much worse. You know, before he passed, we had a real heart-to-heart. No, not one of those. I really talked to him, and I complained. I put in a formal complaint, a grievance, and I asked him, Dad, what the heck? Why you're, you're like this. And then he, he, you know, we had a really long talk. I was an adulterer and I, and I put to his face what I thought was wrong. It blew up in my face because I learned that his life was one of suffering as an older male. And he was expected to be a man at the age of 13. He had to work. He never got the chance to go to school. He had to provide because times were tough. And he got that cold, hard, loving, hard knocks training. Because survival was more important, you know, and I didn't know that. I just was just uh, a flirt, lavishing in what I thought was problems when in reality he did so much more than I ever needed. And sometimes our perspective needs to be clarified. We have to see maybe our parents are really good. We're just immature. We just don't understand. We got it made, but yet we're complaining. You know, take the time to go the extra mile and tell your kids. Get down to their level. Sit down with them and say, how are you, mija? How are you, honey? How are you, sweetie? You're about to start high school now. You're so beautiful and you're growing. And I love looking at you, but so do other little boys. And be careful. We're going to have to have that talk sooner than later. I wasn't planning on having on this till a year from now. But uh, the birds and bees came quick for you. I don't know what happened. And let's talk and sit down because now that little girl doesn't stop calling the house, sweetie. What's going on, honey? And your son says, I don't know. You know, and she likes it and go, Oh, is Johnny there? He you remember that's how you started. And the cycle repeats itself. Like I told you, I'm not gonna go through it because my daughter's gonna have a pony, but for your children, you may have to struggle with that. And and your your son, he is so talented and he's so good looking. I feel bad for you. He's he's a cat. And I was analyzing. I was like, man, that's how I was. That's my, my wife wouldn't leave me alone. She was a stalker. And I sang. I never played the guitar, but I know how she was stalking me, calling. way I was like, what does she want now? I'll pray for Nathan. My goodness. I was seeing him like, oh, he got that dad look, that confidence, like, yeah, I'm bad. I'm good. That's pastor right there. And those are our children. You know, we see that our daughter is so smart. She's always getting honorable, And it's a zealousness that we have because it's our lives being lived out through them. Or when our kid gets an award, they're going to do something. It's a happiness. But when the times are difficult and they struggle, you still have to be just as emotionally connected with them to let them know this will pass. Your hurt is my hurt because I love you and I will be there every step of the way. Will I answer every prayer, every problem? Maybe not because I didn't give it to you, but I will never, ever, ever, ever leave your side. You will never be alone, and you will never have to ask whether your mommy or daddy loves you. We are here for you. But you have to open up to us now because now that you're going through high school, the problems are going to change. The needs are going to change. Your thoughts are going to change. Keep God first, sweetie. This is why we pray. We pray. One of the things that we love about our daughter is that she loves to pray. She prays too much sometimes. She prays so much that she prayed. We're laughing about this yesterday because she says, "Lord, give the (laughs) give the homeless man pillows." And the next day, a week later, someone stole our pillows from the front of the house. And I said, it was that homeless guy that Jaden prayed for. No. <laughs> and she's always worrying about this hospital. She, just anyone in the hospital. And anyone with a sickness because she's already seen sickness. And she prays for people with cancer because her grandfather p- passed away with cancer. Because her eyes have been opened up to the reality of the world. She has taken it the extra mile and said, God, get this and take care of it because there is suffering out there. God, in my little immature mind, can you heal the widow? Can you heal? the little kid with cancer can you just be a blessing to the homeless man who's cold at night and give him some pillows we don't have any more so they're probably gonna go steal someone else's but give him more pillows god and there's our daughter she is a worrisome little one and that gives me a comfort because she has a great spirit she really does get that from her mom her intelligence i would say that's me but it's 50 50 we're okay (laughs) with (laughs) it next slide bro speaking about teaching what was the last thing that you taught your child believe it or not teaching them nothing is teaching them something what is that bad parenting You know, if you never interact with them, if you never talk to Nathan, if I never talk to Jaden, if you never talk to your kid, you're teaching them that it's okay not to have conversation. And you're teaching them that it's okay to play Christian on Sundays, but be disconnected Monday through Saturday. They're learning that. They're really quick learners. We are fast to see what's consistent. What is consistent in your life? If you never talk with anyone, if you go to your house and the first thing you do is just get on the internet all night long, that's what's going to influence your children. What is the last thing that you taught them? What was the real last lesson? Start to think, well, did I teach them about what? So I mean, when we teach them according to age, we're on the parents that are going through middle school now. Next year, well, in August, she starts middle school. So we did the orientation, and we said, boy, is this a big school. And we saw some of the eighth graders were like, oh, my God. And how they dress and how they talk, we're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Homeschool. So we're going through different things, and we're thinking, man, our daughter's growing up. I wish she was back in kindergarten. Lord, keep her little. Don't let her grow up. But she is. What is the lesson that I'm going to teach her? How am I going to help her grow That just means I have to grow with her. You know, as she starts to go through different things, I have to develop more of a mature parenting style with her. It's okay. There's so much services and resources out there where you can go and seek help. If anything Go ask your parents. How did you do it with me when I got in trouble? Oh, sit down, sweetie. This is going to be a while. <laughs> They'll tell you. You think your parents, maybe because they're a little bit older, they went through it with you. You gave them migraines before migraines were probably called migraines. You don't know. You're the reason why, et makes so much money. So teaching them nothing is still teaching them something, but it's just showing them that parenting is not always positive. Next slide. Going back to the whole Ecclesiastes philosophy, God orders, or let's just say our, O-U-R, not A-R-E, our steps. But our parents taught us how to walk. You remember when your children learned how to walk and they looked like Frankenstein? They were just the cutest little monsters. And you went like this. And, and what did you do? You didn't touch them. You were like maybe this far away from their hands. He said, come on. And we look ridiculous like fools, maybe at the park because you wanted them to fall under their high knees and cushion the grass. You know, and you were there. You come on, and there they were. Ugh. You know, and you wanted them to see, whatever happens, I will be here. You fought, you ran like Flash Gordon, and you went, shoom, you dusted them off. And you, before they could even realize that they wanted to cry, you already had them in their hands and you're going all this stuff. And you put them, it's okay. It's okay. And you give them a cracker and they're underway. <laughs> they didn't even have time because they were so distracted by your interference with life. And you fixed any little boo-boo before the boo-boo happened because there you were, the boo-boo taker. And then when they grow, they still need that. They're just walking on a different level. They still need you to say, hey, I'm still here. I will pick you up when you fall. I will help you. Is our life going to be perfect? No. But I will never leave you alone, just like I never left when you were little. I will be there for you. As God gives me life, as God gives me strength, I will help you. Come here. Come here. Age does not make a difference. It's understanding. It's maturity. And as a parent, you have to be able to go up to your child, and if you haven't done it, say, forgive me because maybe I should have picked you up a long time ago. Maybe I should have dusted you off because this really affected you. This was the start of your bitterness. This was the start of your anger. This was the start of your aggression. This is why you're so disconnected. This is why you hate the world. This is why you started using drugs. This is why you started doing alcohol. This is why your first marriage didn't fix, uh, get fixed. This is why so many things may have happened, whether it is or isn't the case. Let me be part of the solution. Let me be helpful to you. And I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm just going to be your mom. And in the same way that I picked you up when you were little. I want to pick you up now. Will you let me? Can I help you? Can I be there? Call this child if they're not here. Look for them. Tell them. Forgive me. I need you in my life. Next slide, bro. As I told you, we have uh, six months left in, in this year. Do you have any family goals for your children? What is it that you want to see by December 31st of 2017? What is it that you want to see in your home? You have to be able to... Proclaim a victory in your family. Proclaim healing. And show them that regardless of what's happened the last few years. That you will end off the year, if God, if God permits, on a good note. On a high note. Because you're going to be leading your family. And God's going to be leading you. And together you will be connected and go in the path that He directs. Because you will be consistent. And you will take teachings such as these. Such as the ones that have been taught the last few months. And you will cultivate it in your home. Because that's where it Ounce. not here, we can all lift our hands and praise God here, because it's expected, it's the environment, but when we get home, and when we're struggling, and when we're frustrated, will you still lift your hands with your kids, will you still tell them, it's okay honey, it's just us three right now, but the Bible says, "Where there's two or three gathering in His name, He will be there with us sweetie, lift up those hands, and ask God, He's going to heal your little awie, He's going to help you, you need to start now, because one day, that maturity is going to go on to another level, and you're going to be a daddy, and you're going to be a mommy but it starts right now let me give you just two little analogies before we dismiss or before we end this teaching next slide you pick a picture uh, a supervisor at your job what makes a good supervisor just throw some words at me a good supervisor none of you have good supervisors oh my god flexible yes communicator yes (laughs) <laughs> they're out there Maybe not in Frisco now You guys are scared of me What's a good supervisor? Maybe you're a supervisor You don't want to say Because you're questioning how you act <laughs> Understanding. Understanding Consistent You know, uh, A people person and They hear you And they listen to your questions And they ask you about the questions later How is everything going? Do you need training? They go out of their way They're Like you said, they're flexible And they really show you you're important What are the qualities of a bad supervisor? Maybe a lot of you will speak on that one. What else? What are they? Lazy. Lazy. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. Not caring. Not Not communicative. Not flexible. (laughs) Opposite of everything you just said. What else? Aggressive. Sarcastic. Anger problems. Uh, Passive-aggressive. Pushy. At any given moment in time, we take the role as parents, as one of these little supervisors towards our kids. If I would ask you, what kind of parent are you? You would say, oh, I'm this and this and this. If I ask your son, would he tell me the same thing? <laughs> you know? We could say, oh, I'm, I'm godly almost, I walk on water, brother, we're good, we're good. <laughs> and I ask your son, and, how's your dad, and your, your son's going to be... You know, what would your child say about you? You know, we can be any of the supervisors at any given moment. You have to ask yourself, what rating would my child give me? We'd like to think we're all that in a bag of chips, but it's not always the case. We feel good at night, so we tell ourselves we did a good job. But have you ever really sat down and asked, gone out of your way, out of your comfort zone and asked your your daughter, so how do I do? (laughs) Did I handle your problem effectively like a good supervisor? Some of your supervisors, they're scared to ask you because they don't know what you're going to throw back at them. But um, was I effective in my communication towards the time that your brother pulled your Barbie's head off? Was I okay with that? Did I do a good job in replacing your fire truck that was blown up by your older brother with a firework? Did did, did I do a good job letting you know that I'm here for you and there's no monsters in the closet? It was your brother again. Did did I do a good job letting you know that the chupacabras is not going to eat you? What are you going to do to show me that I'm doing a good job? Let me know because I'm going to be your mom forever. You're stuck with me. You know, uh, Supervisors we can get rid of and go to another job. Moms and dads, well, sometimes emotionally we get rid of them as well. We disconnect. We stop trusting them. We put a barrier. We exist outside of their reach. Why? Because it's safer. Last slide. And I'll close with this. I don't know if, brother, you want to come play the the piano so they can think I'm going to (laughs) finish. Because I went way above my time. Let me tell you about a child. His father and a tree. And this is something that I, I, I think about all the time. And the first time I heard it, uh, I, I was going one way in my thoughts. And then the second time I heard it, okay, I know how it ends. But this is how I want it to play out. But realistically, it's always going to be on this level. There was one time a child was fishing with his, with his father. And he saw a huge tree out there that he told his dad, Dad, do you think I can move that tree? And his dad, with all confidence, says, Yes, son, with all your strength, you can move that tree. Are you sure, dad? I really would love to move that tree. And he says, Yeah, you can do it, son. And the, and the son goes up to this tree, and with all his might he's trying, and the tree does not budge. And he goes up to his dad again and says, Dad, are you sure I can move this tree? I would really like to move it just because I want to move it. And his, son, and his dad says, yes, son, you can really move that tree with all your strength. And his son says, are you sure? Are you, can you promise? Can you pinky swear it? And the dad says, I'm going to pinky swear. You can move that tree with all your strength. I don't know, dad. I tried to move it and, and, and it seemed hard, but I, I believe you. And there he goes again and, and he tries to move it and he's moving with all his strength and the little veins coming out and he says, dad, it's not moving. And he goes up to him and says, dad, what happened? You said I could move it with all my strength. I said, son, you can. I never lied to you. But it didn't move. It looks the same and it didn't even move, not even a a bit. I just tore a little leaf off and it's just there. You said I could move it and now I want to move it. And his father sits down with his son and he says, son, you can't move that tree. But you have to understand that when I told you you can do it with all my strength, I included me with you. I'm your father. And I will never leave you. And I am going to help you on this team. My strength is going to become your strength. And together we will move that tree. Oh, I knew that. I was just testing you. I knew you were going to come and help me. Let's move this tree, Dad. And they moved the tree in a sense. Oh, I knew. Is that how it's going to be all the time? If you let me. Please stand. There's moments in our life when, like that little kid... We ask God for a need and we ask Him for a petition and we're struggling with this and we're struggling with that. And being the almighty, all-powerful God, He gives us the same assurance that this Father gave His Son. But we don't wait for God because we like to see things our way. And we always want things in a hurry. And we have no patience. And we live in this fast-paced world where we want it done our way. And we jump the gun and we don't wait for God to answer our prayers because we have faith. So we go to the hospital and we pray claim And we want something to happen. And it doesn't. And we leave discouraged. God, but you said you were never going to leave me nor forsake me. And in His own way, shape, and form, He tells us that He's never going to leave us. And we go back to whatever the need is. And there we are like the little kid in the example... Not remembering that we need to allow Him to be the one to guide us. We need to allow Him to be the one to, to order our steps. To analyze our hearts and say, are we really ready for this blessing? Do we really want to move this tree? Do we really want to see this miracle? In your life right now, you may have come to this place... With different questions of uncertainty. You may have come thinking, my family is in a good spot. Don't ever feel bad for that. Don't ever feel discouraged because your family is not suffering. In fact, praise God a little bit more and be an encouragement to someone else. Because your neighbor may not have the same luck you're having. Your neighbor may not have the same blessing that you're having. Your day will come where you will need blessings. So take advantage and praise God in the good. But when the bad comes... Praise God in the same level because He's the one that's also going to take you to the mountaintop later. Your suffering, your struggle, your illness, whatever it is that your concern is, if you have one, will pass. Because all things pass. They pass. And we have to be ready to receive the blessing. We have to be ready to testify and to let the world know all this happened but to His name. Be glorified to my Christ, the King of kings, I can profess and say. Because of Him, we are whole. Because of Him, the cancer is gone. Because of Him, a marriage is restored. Because of Him, I can connect with my son. I can connect with my daughter. I can connect with my mom. I can connect with myself. I have lost my identity, but He never leaves us. I want to take this time to ask If anyone is feeling that they would like a little bit more for themselves today from God. I truly just feel that some of you may have come with this emptiness, with this concern, with with, with the desire for a little bit more. This moment has been set to you by the leadership, by the pastor and whoever the committee was involved in planning this series. Not because church is going to stop next week. Just because it's going to get better next week. And God's going to elevate you more next week. But you have to start today to cultivate your miracle. And let it happen today. By faith, come receiving your victory. Knowing that God is going to hear you. And that you're going to open up your arm. Just the way that we do it with our kids. And He does the same way and says, come. Come. Come to me so that I can bless you. Don't make me go. Come to me. Step out of your comfort zone. You've been praying. You've been crying. You've been suffering the whole week. And you've been waiting for this moment. If anyone would like to come to this altar, as the praise team.